Welcome back. You are listening to that one sports podcast. You already know who it is. It's your boy, Mitch Wilson. Got a great show for you today. We are going to take a look and recap the hottest college football game of this last week, Colorado, Colorado State. And we will recap also week two of the NFL. So that's what we got on the show today. So let's go. All right. Everyone knows the hottest game this last weekend in college football was Colorado, Colorado State. And that game did not disappoint with all of the smack talking that Colorado State did with Jay Norvell talking about how his mama raised him a certain type of way that when you talk to grown-ups, you take your hat and your sunglasses off. Well, why did he have to do that? Why did he have to make it Coach Prime's words? Why did he have to go and make it personal? Because when you make it personal, the game takes on a whole new meaning. And I tell you what, the game in Boulder did not disappoint. All the stars were out. You had Lil Wayne. You had The Rock. You had Stephen A. Shannon Sharp. I mean, it was almost looking like the BET Awards up there. But you want to know what? It was a great game, and it did not disappoint. So let's get into it. You have Colorado gets the victory at home, 43-35. This game started out real slow for the Buffs. And I tell you what, Colorado State came to play. I mean, I think their players did a great job of essentially backing their coach up because this was a hard-fought battle. This is one of those type of games that I feel when it's a ri- rivalry game, you can take the records and you can throw them out the window because it's just different. When you have a rivalry game, those games are for the most part always close. So I didn't think that this was going to be a blowout, which it wasn't. You know, Colorado wins in double overtime. And let me say this, Shador Sanders is that dude. Shador, keep being you, man. Over three games, he has shown you he is a elite-level college quarterback and should be in the consideration for the Heisman. He ends up going for 348 yards, four touchdowns. He does have one pick, but, man, he is just clutch. He Colorado gets the ball down eight points on their own two-yard line. And they have to go 98 yards in two minutes. And it was absolutely flawless. And then not only to drive down the field to get the touchdown, but then go ahead and get the two-point conversion. It was absolutely magnificent. And then you go into overtime. And instead of normally most coaches, the majority of coaches would say, I want to play defense first so then I can find out what I have to, whether I have to score a touchdown or or field goal. Prime says, no, we want the ball because we want to apply the pressure to Colorado State because he knew he has complete faith in his son Shador. And ironically, he talks about how the country is just seeing how good Shador, how good Shador is. And Deion said, he's been like this his whole life. So that's just, it is what it is. So I knew in overtime, I wanted the hand, I wanted the ball in his hands first to apply the pressure to Colorado State. Also, big headlines in this game, Travis Hunter is taken out in the first quarter by a late hit. Some people call it dirty. I would say it's dirty. Anytime you have a quarterback that overthrows the ball and 
the ball hits the ground and then you get hit, that is a very dirty hit. The kid that did it, you know, he was probably just trying to send a message, but you don't know what, that's that's not the best way to do that. Uh, I will say, however, it has been said that now um, because of Travis being injured and being out for a few weeks with his injury that his that that kid and his family have received death threats. Now that's crossed the line. Like this is football, you know, it was a personal foul, but there's no reason why this kid and his family should be getting death threats. So the fact that Colorado without in my opinion, their best player because he plays both sides of the ball. Travis Hunter is able to still get the dub in a in a rivalry game. You know, Shador was absolutely great, and I also meant I will also mention Shiloh Sanders, Deonson as well started the game off with a pick six of Colorado quarterback. So he was, you know, something like his daddy in the beginning of that game. So. That's what popped off the scoring for Colorado, and then they slowly but surely got going in the second half. Now, I will say, I want to give all credit to Colorado State as well. They came to play. Uh, the quarterback, he played really well, threw for 367 yards, three TDs. But the reason why, in my opinion, why Colorado State lost this game is because they simply had more turnovers. Their quarterback throws three picks. When you throw three picks, once for a pick six, it's going to be really hard to win that game. And for Jay Norvell to talk about the penalties afterwards, I thought it was a little bit ridiculous. You know, he said it, it was the most one-sided he'd ever seen. So Colorado State had 17 penalties. Colorado had 10 penalties. But seven of Colorado State's penalties were personal fouls. To me, that is a lack of discipline and a lack of coaching. So if you your players were better coached, then maybe they wouldn't have se- I mean, and to have seven personal foul penalties in a game is absolutely insane and is not acceptable. But like I said, this was the hottest game in college football last week. Colorado Buffs get the dub 43-35. This game did not get over till like 1 o'clock Central. I think like 2 o'clock on the East Coast. It was absolutely crazy. Prime. And the Buffs will play Oregon this coming Saturday. And I feel like that will be their first true test to see where they're at. And I will say, the fact that odds makers have them a 21-point underdog, 21 points, that is just flat disrespectful. Colorado is the 19th-ranked team of the country in Oregon's 10. Those numbers don't match. So I will be very interested to see how that game plays out. I think that game is going to be really close. Um, I think this could possibly be the first game where you really do see the absence of Travis Hunter come into effect. The Buffaloes maybe suffer their first loss. But I think this is going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be close. But, man, if I had to put my money on somebody, you want to know what? In Coach Prime, we trust I would... I would bet on Colorado to get it done, especially if it's close late. I have all the faith in Shador because he has proven that he can get it done at the end of the game with the pressure on. So next I want to talk about another college football game that also happened this last weekend that was a upset. You had my Missouri Tigers upsetting the 15th, 
15th ranked Kansas State Wildcats. Mizzou was at home. It was an absolutely beautiful thing to see. It was like we were back in the Big 12. Man, for Missouri to get the dub is great. You know, Brady Cook goes for a 356 and two touches. And that five-star receiver, Luther Burden, in year two, seven catches for 114 yards and two touchdowns. It was a beautiful thing to see. But also the way the Tigers play defense, how they fought back to the the big plays. There were a lot of big plays in this game down the field, which was really good to see, especially if, if you were a Missouri fan, because that has kind of been the the thing that has been missing from the offense. So for them to show up and show out, and man, and let's tip our hat to Brady Cook. This was absolutely his best game that he's played in his career. I feel like Missouri's defense is playing really well. And honestly, from the end of last season into this season, the biggest question mark has been the quarterback play. And if there could be good quarterback play, Mizzou will be able to get to where it wants to be. And for Brady to to do what he did Saturday in his part of help beating the Wildcats, and I will say I agree with Coach Coach Drinkwitz. You know, it's absolutely unacceptable to boo your starting quarterback at the beginning of the game. Like, I get we're all frustrated, but, like, that's going to do nothing but, you know, affect him negatively. So let's just continue to build him up. If he keeps playing like this, Mizzou's going to get to where it wants to be. You know, you play a top-ranked team and he throws for over 350 and two touches and doesn't turn the ball over, I'll take that performance from Brady Cook every single day and twice on Sunday. And let's not forget, the way Missouri wins is the longest field goal in SEC history. Mevis hits a 61-yarder. It's the longest in SEC history. It is the second longest in Mizzou history. The longest kick made in Mizzou history was actually 62 yards. And it was an absolute beauty to see Mevis miss in the beginning of the game and come back into bang a 61-yarder for for the dub. It was absolutely amazing. You know, as a Missouri fan, this is a great win for Missouri. It's definitely a building block to continue to build to get to where we want to be. Also probably goes a long ways in recruiting with Williams Namari, who is a five-star D lineman that Mizzou just uh, had commit, you know, a few weeks ago and other, you know, future four and five-star recruits saying, hey, yeah, we can compete against the likes of K-State and we can get the job done. So super excited for Mizzou. I can't wait to see what Mizzou continues to do the rest of the season, how they continue to grow. So I'm excited. Obviously, I'm a Mizzou fan, so that's why I'm talking about it. It wasn't, you know, headline noteworthy, but I want to talk about it because it was my show. So that's exactly what I just did. M-I-Z, baby. Going to switch gears, man. You want to know what? We're going to recap, shortly recap the week two matchups. So Thursday night, we had Eagles and Vikings from week two. Uh, Eagles win 34-28. This was like a very kind of, it was a very, I feel like a very average game for the Eagles. But I will say they absolutely ran all over the Vikings. Uh, De- DeAndre Swift goes for 175 yards in the touch. Devontae 
Smith also popped off this game for four catches for 131 yards and a touchdown. So if you had either one of those guys in fantasy, you were absolutely loving that. And also from a fantasy perspective, Kirk Cousin goes off for 364 and four touches. They do get the loss, but, but from a fantasy perspective, you would love to have that guy, Kirk Cousins, on your team right now. So week two also, we had the Baltimore Ravens visiting the Cincinnati Bengals in the Baltimore Ravens get the dub. Lamar goes for 237 and two touches. Also, you had Gus Edwards go for a touchdown. And then also Nelson Aguilar gets in the end zone as well. And I tell you what, the Bengals are now 0-2. The offensive line looks absolutely horrible. Joe Burrow has not looked good at all. It's going to be really interesting to see if they can turn it around like they did last year when they started 0-2. But if the offensive line continues to play how they are, I just do not see this getting better for the Bengals at all. Baltimore's 2-0 now. They're two games up on the Bengals. So I feel like it's going to be really hard for the Bengals to come back and to overtake the Ravens for the division. But you know what? We will see. Seahawks-Lions. Seahawks beat the Lions 37-31. Geno Smith was really good in this game. He goes for 328 and two touches. And I tell you what, you know, this was a close game. This was a game that this was a game that was, you know, back and forth. Seahawks get the dub. Also, from a fantasy perspective, Amon St. Brown does his job with 102 yards and six catches. So if you got him, you are super happy about that. But I tell you what, so Detroit is now one on one. Seahawks one and one. I was really disappointed because I really thought the Lions would win. But, I mean, they did lose in overtime. But for them to to beat the Chiefs and then have that extra week of uh, extra few days of preparation and to come up short against the Seahawks, a little disappointing. Colts, Texans, this game, Te- Houston's now 0-2 because they lose 31-20 to the Colts. Uh, this game... Uh, was good. I will say, however, they they did lose the game. But C.J. Stroud, I mean, he balled out. He threw for 384 yards and, and two touches. Also, Nico Collins, Houston Texans receiver, grabbed seven catches for 146 yards and a touch. So they're growing. I mean, they they had top picks in the draft for a reason because they were so horrible last year. The fact that they are competing and not getting blown out is a really good sign for this organization. The Chicago Bears versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'll tell you what, Bucks win 27-17. Baker Mayfield is getting it done. We thought that the last year when he signed with the with the Rams and he wins that first game with only three days to prepare, that that could be the turning point in, in his career. But this possibly could be the true t- turning point in Baker's career to get his to get his career back on track. he Baker goes for over 300 in a touch. And I'll tell you what, that boy Mike Evans, he wants his money. He wants to get paid after the season. He goes out and gets six catches for 171 yards in a touch. Um, I will say Justin Fields and that offense just looks like they are in disarray. I do believe their coach also re, uh, resigned this last week. So that whole organization is in an absolute dumpster fire so um i don't know what to expect from justin fields in chicago the rest of the year it'll be really interesting interesting to see what happens and how they play oh yeah baby chiefs jaguars this game 
was a gritty game. It wasn't pretty. Pat Mahomes, he throws for over 300 yards and a couple touchdowns. He does throw a pick. Sky Moore grabs three catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey also gets into the end zone as well. Chiefs win 17-9. But let me tell you this. The story of the day for the Kansas City Chiefs was their defense. Their defense did not give up a touchdown all game into a team that has Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley, Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk. That is a really good sign for Chiefs defense. If they can continue to play at the level they're playing at now over the first two weeks of the season, when the offense comes around, this team will be absolutely deadly. And, you know, and the crazy thing about this game is on the field, it was like 120 degrees. So it was absolutely, they were almost, it was almost like they were, they were playing in hell Sunday because it was so hot on the field. Good win for the Chiefs for them to get back on track to, to get to one and one after losing to Detroit. Jacksonville falls to one and one. And really, I mean, Jacksonville had a, had a great opportunity here with the Chiefs being 0-1 and them being 1-0 to, if they beat the Chiefs, to send the Chiefs to 0-2, but also to let the Chiefs know, hey, you're not the big, bad boogeyman anymore. So, you know, if we see you in the playoffs, we know we can beat you, but they did not do that. So, I'll tell you what, Chiefs fans are happy about this. Obviously, with with the dub and how the defense is playing, if, if the Chiefs offense can get going, they they will be an absolute juggernaut. Packers Falcons, what a close game! Packers at the Falcons. Packers lose twenty four twenty five to the Atlanta Falcons. This was a very back and forth game, exciting game as you can tell. It was a one point one point difference. Um, Jordan Love goes for one hundred fifty and and three touchdowns, and then Desmond Ritter goes for two thirty seven one touch. Bijan Robinson continues to ball out. As a rookie, 19 carries, 124 yards. Drake London also for the Falcons, six catches, 67 yards, and a touch. You know, Falcons are 2-0, and they're in a division that I believe is not good. So for them to be 2-0, really have a shot, as long as they continue to play well, to make the playoffs this year, which would be the first time in a hot minute since they've been in the playoffs. Bills Raiders, this was an absolute laugher. Bills beat Las Vegas Raiders 38-10. You know, Josh Allen did his thing with three touchdowns. James Cook had over 100 yards rushing. Gabe Davis grabbed six catches for 92 yards and a touch. Uh, For the Raiders, uh, Devonta Adams grabbed six catches for 84 yards and a touch. And this was just, you know, Buffalo had control the whole way. This game was never really in question as to who was going to win this game. Buffalo rolls. They're now one and one. The Raiders are also now one and one. Chargers, Titans. Chargers lose to the Tennessee Titans 24-27. The Chargers continue to charger. They just find ways to lose. However, J- Justin Herbert does go for over 302 touches. Uh Keen Allen did have, you know, over 100 yards receiving and two touchdowns but they just couldn't get it done at the end of the the day. Tennessee wins 27-24. Ryan Tannehill goes for 250 in a touch. Derrick Henry runs for 80 yards in a touchdown. So I'll tell you what, the Chargers being 0-2 now, I don't know what's going on. They are 
I feel like we have the same conversation every year. The Chargers are too talented to be 0-2. They're just, it's just, I, I don't understand that. I really don't, you know? And that's all I can say about that. I just don't get it. Oh, I'll tell you what, Rams and the 49ers. 49ers at Los Angeles Rams. 49ers get the dub 30-23. This was a really good game. And I'll tell you what, Brock Purdy is a game is a great game manager. But and let me tell you, that Rams rookie receiver out of BYU, Nakua, that boy is balling out. Out 15 catches, 147 yards. Man, this kid so far through two weeks looks like he could possibly be the real deal. So it'll be it'll be fun to see what happens with him and his progress as the Rams go out their season. San Francisco moves to 2-0. Rams fall to one and one. We got Giants and Cardinals. Giants get the dub over the Cardinals. This was also a, cl- a close game as well. Saquon goes for 63, but he also gets hurt in this game. James Conner for the Cardinals goes for runs for over 100 100 yards and a touch. Giants get the win. This was probably one of the most disappointing games, in my opinion, of this last week of NFL football. The New York Jets at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys get the dub 30 to 10. And let me tell you something, folks. This Dallas defense is absolutely for real. If they keep playing at the level that they're playing at, this could possibly be one of the best defenses that we've seen since the 2000 Ravens defense. This defense is absolutely nasty with Micah Parsons. However, I will say uh, they will be missing a big a big piece now because Trayvon Diggs did uh, tear his ACL or his Achilles, one of the two, in practice this week. And so he's out for the year. So whoever they get to fill that other corner spot opposite of Stephon Gilmore will be really interesting to see. But their defensive line and Micah Parsons is just an absolute beast. So they, you know, Zach Wilson had no answer and the Jets had no answer for that Dallas defense. And that's why, and that's why they got beat 30 to 10. Commanders at the Broncos come in to get the win to 35-33. Tell you what, man, this uh, rookie uh, Sam Howe doing a great job. Throws for 299 yards and two touches. And I tell you what, they were talking about Eric Bieniemy and how he was mean during camp and OTAs and how he needs to talk nice to the players. Well, you guys are now 2-0. I can't even remember the last time the commanders were 2-0. And the offense is absolutely rolling. You know, you score 35 points in a game. Offense is doing really well. Especially, the, and, and the Denver defense is nothing to see that. They got some dudes over there. Pat Sertan, great corner. They got some other guys over there that play play defense really well. So, Washington Commanders should be happy that Eric Beanie Eric is their new offensive coordinator because they are now... 2-0 because they definitely didn't win that game because of defense because they because their defense gave out 33. Dolphins over Patriots. This is a, a one-score game. Dolphins get get the dub over the New England Patriots 24-17. Tua goes for 250 in a touch. And this game was just very uneventful. Um 20 Dolphins get the dub over the New England Patriots 24-17. Saints, Carolina Panther Saints. At Carolina Saints get the dub 2017. This was a close game. And 
Saints move to 2-0. Carolina drops to 0-2. They, they did have the number one pick in the draft for a reason. But I will say Bryce Young is, is making strides become better. You know, he, he takes care of the ball. Um, he didn't have a turnover. And for a young quarterback to, you know, th- uh, you know th- have a touchdown, have 150 yards, and not turn the ball over, that is a good day for him. Last game, Monday night game, we had the Browns versus the Steelers. This was a very exciting game. Probably biggest headline of this game is that Nick Chubb gets hurt. Nick Nick Chubb gets hurt in the first quarter for the Cleveland Browns. He's going to be out the rest of the year. A knee injury makes me so sad. He was on my fantasy team. So Kenny Pickett goes for 222 yards and a touch. You know, Steelers defense played really well. They did have a touchdown in this game. George Pickens goes off for the Pittsburgh Steelers with four catches for 127 yards and a touch. The Steelers move to 1-1. The Cleveland Browns drop to 1-1. So that was the NFL recap for week two. It doesn't get better than that. So guys, please remember, just want to say we appreciate those who listen to the show. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And you can catch us on whatever platform you get your podcasts. So please listen. Tell everyone you know about that one sports podcast. Let's continue to grow and continue to get better and bring you guys better content. Please, if if there's anything that you want, you want us to specifically talk about on the podcast, leave a comment on Facebook or, or Instagram and we will talk about it. Okay. So guys, and also please remember, be kind because everyone you meet is fighting a battle that you have absolutely no idea about. Until next week, fam. Peace.